Before Adel speaks this morning, we're going to have a scripture reading from 1 Samuel chapter 1. So if you turn in your Bibles to 1st book of Samuel chapter 1. 1st Samuel chapter 1 will begin at verse 1 through verse 11. The word of the Lord says, Now there was a certain man of Ramath Sophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ethiomite. And he had two wives, and the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said to the Lord of hosts, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. Thank God for this Sunday. You have heard it many times. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, it wouldn't hurt if I can, uh, if I wish you another happy Mother's Day. Uh, it's gloomy outside, but this is not going to dampen our Mother's Day, is it? No. Amen. We're going to have a good time together, and we're going to have um, a, a nice half an hour uh, to hear about one of the a great woman uh, in the Bible. Today, a friend of mine from uh, uh, L.A., he, is an old, he was a friend of my father. Can you believe that? So you can tell he is an old man. He sent me a note today, and he said uh, about Mother's Day. He said, youth fades, love droops, the leaves of friendship fall, a mother's secret love outlives them all. I enjoyed that. I said, well, this is good to share it. Before us, we have a story of a woman called Hannah. You've heard her story many times. Uh, some of you, maybe not. But uh, since I uh, was in Sunday school, I knew the story of Hannah. 
And I always marveled at this great woman, great mother. And uh, Hannah, who have uh, been unable to conceive children, and in the Old Testament times, a childless woman was considered a failure. Her barrenness was a social embarrassment for her husband because children were very important in those days and they are part of the society and they used to uh, raise them to take the place of their fathers and to help in the fields and to take charge of the family when the father grows old. Her husband, Elkanah, who was also married to another woman, as we heard this morning, who bore children for him, could have left Hannah, but he remained lovingly uh, devoted to her. He loved her more than the other wife, despite social criticism and his rights under the civil laws of the country at that time. They lived in Ramah, which is approximately 25 miles south of Shiloh. Each year, this family traveled from their home to Shiloh, where they worshipped and offered sacrifice to their Lord. Uh, I was very uh, fortunate to visit Shiloh. I visited Shiloh. There was uh, only the the remains of a stone-like temple, large stones. A fig tree was there. I remember the fig tree. I didn't care about the temple. I cared about the fig tree. I love figs. And I was looking for there. But it, it was, there's nothing there except some walls and uh, some uh, remains of, a win- of windows. Large, nice uh, country area. And uh, that was uh, Shiloh of old. Uh, today, I want to share with you Uh, This story of a great woman, Hannah. As I said, most of you know her story, but it's good on Mother's Day to see uh, the uh, true believer of uh, a woman who is like Hannah. Let's look, first of all, the wife that she was. The wife that she was. We see her praying in the tabernacle. She went up to Shiloh from her home. They traveled 25 miles. They used to travel every year. And they reached Shiloh. And we see her in the temple. She was very distressed. She's done it many times. And she was always looking to have a a child. And the Lord, until that moment, did not give her a child. So in verse 9 says, Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. And uh, the priest, Eli, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost, watching. And she greatly was distressed and prayed to the Lord this prayer. She made a vow. That's part of her prayer. She said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy maidservant. And remember me and not forget thy maidservant, but will give thy maidservant a son. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, 
and a razor shall never come on his head. Hannah had a great virtue. And her great virtue was her faith. She trusted the Lord. She prostrated herself before him. She had not achieved this level of trusting God and that great faith of her by herself. But you know, God has given it to her because she had, she was a maidservant to him. The Lord had planned great things for her. She didn't know that. He had led his people, speaking of the nation of Israel, he had led them thus far to this point in their history. And Samuel yet was not born. But the Lord year after year, the living with the same, another woman in the same household, the other one was having children, which was so honorable in the eyes of society as I, as we shared before earlier, and she was distressed, she was down, she was sad, because she never had any children. But the Lord allowed and prolonged disappointment in her life to mold her into the woman of faith that she was to be. So, let me make a Note here, if any mother or any wife or any woman and any man, anyone is going through a disappointment in his or her life this morning, let me suggest this. The Lord is allowing it to grow you, to make you a better person, a better man of faith, a better woman of faith, a better mother of faith as we are going to see from the life of Hannah. He allowed it. He made her a prayerful woman. And I hope, you ladies this morning, I'm addressing you, you are praying ladies. When you face a difficulty in life, the best thing is not to pick up the phone and call a brother or sister or call a friend of yours. The best thing is Pick up the phone of prayer and pray unto God and call on Him. In her distress, we notice, she surrendered herself completely to God, as we see in verse 11. And she mentions three times, Thy maidservant, thy maidservant. She was in such a lowly place in front of Him. And she surrendered everything to Him. Her faith was that only God, listen to this point, uh, only God could convert a woman into a mother. Amen. Did you hear me? Only God could convert a woman into a mother. Or a wife into a mother. Yeah, we, we believe that uh, medicine can help. We believe that uh, all the new discoveries can help. But only the hand of God can make you a mother. As she communicated her needs to God, she was aware of this. There were no doctors then. 
No one could open the womb of a woman except God. And she trusted God for that. She knew also, another point, that he was, he, God was, the creator of children. It's not man, it's not woman, it's not any other person under the sun. God is the creator. And she acknowledged that. She knew that he would be that kind of God to her. If she only could trust him. And she said, I will never cease of praying to God until he gives me a child. And then, while praying, she did something. She made what? Help me. A vow. She made a promise. Didn't we read that? She made a promise. said, if you give me a child, I what would I do with him? I will give him back to you. I will dedicate him to you. He will be yours. Period. She had also one great thing. She showed her trust, but by thinking or knowing and praying, she saw in God not merely a possible answer to prayer. Uh, Maybe you will answer. She did not approach God. I hope you will answer. No, not at all. She approached him, but he certainly is going to answer her prayers. Do we approach God this way? Do we approach him with, with our prayers? They say, Lord, maybe I pray because they told me to pray. Now, prayers can move mountains, folks. Prayers can give children, folks. Prayers can open moves, folks. Prayer can change lives. And it's only by prayers that we can exist or live or feel because prayers puts us in contact with the Almighty God. That was the wife. She loved her husband. She was obedient to him. She was, she come, she used to come every year and worship God there. And that's what we see in a woman like this. Godly woman. And I pray that every woman we have in this church, I know you are godly, and I would like to see you, if there's such a word, godlier. More godly. Waiting on God. Every problem you have in life, take it to the Lord. Knowing that it's not, a, it's not maybe the Lord can and will answer your prayers. And it's when you ask for something according to God's will, you know what it is? It's a certainty. Certainty that you will get it. That was the wife she was. Now we're going to look at the mother she became. There's a transformation there. The mother she became. A year passed. And God gave her what? A son. Beautiful son. She never forgot her promise. I want to stop a little bit here and draw attention. How many times where we are under stress, we promise God to do something. Lord, if you heal my hand, I will be yours forever. Two weeks later, your hand is healed and you are at the ball game. You're forgetting about everything. There's nothing wrong with the ball game, but you're there on Sunday morning. What? Remember, 
We promise anything and everything when we are under distress. Don't we? Especially when we are going to the doctor and uh, we have a pimple, like Dean's pimple in the back. <laughs> you have a pimple? Pray for me. Pray for me. You're, you're, you're worried about the pimple. You go to the doctor. The doctor start playing with his hand like this. You go home, put this on it, and there's nothing wrong with it. When we have such a situation and where our minds start working and the devil comes, we make every promise in the world. I promise to be yours. I promise to come to church. I promise to do this and that. Don't we do that? Hey, I do it. But when we get well and things go bad and take... Um, the third day of taking antibiotics, things get better. We forget our promises. And we start going back to our old life. Human nature. Oh, may God give us help to understand and to always overcome a human nature. She made that promise. She saw a baby boy in her hand. She put him on her lap. And she said for the first year she called her husband. She says, Elkanah, my dear husband that I love so much. I want you to know. I mean, you go this first year. I'm waiting till I win the boy. And I want to go up. And I want to take him there. She never forgot her promise. She never forgot her promise. We forget. Everybody forgets. But she never forgot her promise. And you know what? She started. It wasn't a promise. She started preparing the boy to fulfill her promise in him. She said, oh, well, I want, I want to do something. I want to start teaching him from now. I will show you, I prove to you that she started teaching him from the day he, start, he, he was like Nathan's age. You know, how Nathan now, you look at him, he smiles and so on. Like six months, the moment he started understanding, she started preparing him. She decided to start his teaching. She was homeschooling him. Those of you who are homeschooling their children, before you homeschool them in the things of the world, homeschool them in the things of God. I'll show you why. And let me suggest you think. You decide what you want your child to be by what you teach him. Mothers. Now we're talking about her. She was a wife. Now she is a mother. You decide. What you want your child to be by what you teach him. It is not the church's responsibility to teach your children. Oh, I'll take them to Sunday school. Take them to Sunday school. Don't stop. But you have to start Sunday school at home. Amen. Mothers, this is a responsibility that Hannah started it since that the boy started looking around and understanding a little bit. It is your responsibility. Our responsibility is, let's put it this way, as mothers and fathers. Fathers, you're not off the hook this morning. And fathers. And there's a, I, I read a thought. Uh, one man had been in a non-Sunday school church. Can you imagine a non-Sunday school church? A church, they don't have a Sunday school. That kills me. What, what, what do they do with the children? The church of the future. 
a, a member of a non-Sunday school church, when he was asked, he said, we did not object not to have Sunday school classes. Uh-huh. But what we were afraid of was that parents would quit teaching their children at home. said, so we know we are missing in this area. We are short, but I hope mothers and fathers will teach their children at home. Are we teaching our children? Are you homeschooling them about the Lord? Are you giving them the essence of life, which is the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior? She continued to be faithful in worship. She never quit. She never forgot her vow. It is amazing when I think a little bit about what some parents do. They put the ball games, the camping trips, the fishing trips. Well, where are the fishermen here? Okay. The fishing trips above attending church. And then they are amazed that their children leave the church when they grow up. I, ha- I heard about a church that started like 35 years ago when I used to go to that church. There were so many young people. It was, it was oozing with young people. The future. And today... None of the young people are there. And today I say with, with thanksgiving to the Lord. This is a church for the young people. You're all young. And this is, you are going to take the torch and continue in the future. And those ones in the four or five classes, six classes around us going right now in Sunday school are the church of the future. Let us concentrate on that. Mothers, it is your responsibility to start at the very beginning, the day they are born, to start teaching them about the precepts of Christ. She decided what she wanted her child to be. She made plans. Said, this is what I want him to be. Your children know if something is really important to you, don't you, don't you agree with that, mothers? Your children know. Have you been saying to them from time to time, uh, well, ever since they started school? Now, you make good grades because you are going to go to college. You know, your children will never forget that. You make good grades, you are going to go to co- college. Have you encouraged them to be like servants of God? To trust the Lord. To go to church. To be pastors. This is a great, a great thing to do in the future. To be a Sunday school teacher. Have you said, well, I want you to be a Sunday school teacher? I was so much impressed (coughs) three, four years ago when uh, Kenan, he went home. He told his mother, you know what I want to be? I want to be a preacher like Adol. I'm not a preacher, but... uh, Amen. That's good. We try to preach the word of God 
and honor him as much as we can. I want to be like my pastor. Are we setting the examples for them? Are you mothers training them from the day they are about two feet tall in the precepts of God? Have you encouraged them, tell them in the future, I want you to be an elder. I want you to be a deacon. I want you to serve God in any capacity. You know, when you put in their minds this, they will grow up thinking about it. You know, Samuel, you are going to go to the temple. Samuel, very soon, you are going to go with be with the Levites, with the men of God. I want to take you there. And you know, guess what? You are going to live there. This boy, as he was growing, guess what? He got used to the idea that I am going to go live in the temple. I'm going to be there. What you put in their minds, what you put in their hearts, what you tell them, will never leave them. What you teach them, they will never forget. You teach them to sing songs of the world, they will sing it. Right? The other day I was told by Steve that his son, the destroyer, I mean uh, Tim. (laughs) Tim came at 7 o'clock. And tapped on the bed. He was there. He woke up his mom and dad. He says, come on, I want to play. I said, it's too early for me. (laughs) Hey, son, go play with your truck. with your, And then I'll I'll be with you in a little while. After about two minutes, he heard the boy playing, but singing. The B-B-B-L-E. I didn't know how to say Bible, right? Uh, B-B- this is the book for me. The B-I-B-L-E. This is the book for me. What did he learn this? He was singing it. He's three years old. Isn't he three? Thank God. Uh, word Bible comes from the mouth of a destroyer. Can you believe that? God changes. <laughs> God changes people, doesn't he? <laughs> And he's singing the Sunday school things that he heard. His mom is teaching him. He is seeing it at home. He's seeing it at church. Bring your children to Sunday school. I am to take you, Samuel, up there. And I want you to learn there the precepts of God. And the neighbor says, are you going to really take him? When you were discussing with the, are you going to take him to be a, a, with the Levites there? You're going, to, you're going to deposit him and leave him there? Aren't you going to send him to school? said, no, this is where I want to send him first. I want, to be with the men, want him to be with the men of God. I'm not worried about it. He's going to be uh, illiterate. He's going to be uneducated. Wrong. They didn't know. Shiloh was the center of worship for the whole nation. And there were Levites, learned and educated people. Do you think God would leave a man of God, a little boy like this, deposited by his mother, trusted to God, to leave him to go illiterate? You know what? I have news for you. <clears throat> who wrote you things? The verse 11. She made a vow and said, Lo, O Lord of hosts, who heard her? Only God. How did we know that she prayed that? Quiz? You have IQs. Mom? When he grew up, Mom? 
what did you pray for me? Who was that asking her? Samuel, mom, what did you pray? He said, son, this is what I prayed. Oh, and who wrote this? Samuel. Who wrote first Samuel? Who wrote second Samuel? Oh, where did he learn? You're worried about? Teach him about God first, and then he will learn at colleges later on. Don't worry about him first. Teach him the precepts of God. Let introduce him to God. First and foremost. Yeah, she didn't care. She said, I will deposit him there. Oh, yes. That's now. What, was she a good mother? Do you agree? Do you love her as a mother? I do. Yes, amen. We said, <coughs> first, the wife she was. Now, the mother she became. Finally, the rewards she received. Two things I want to talk about. She took Samuel and deposited him there. And she visited him. 25 miles is not far, you know. You take the carriage, you take the donkey, you take the horses sometimes, go visit him every now and then. And she saw him. But he was serving the Lord. And do you know that she left him there? And do you know she had to take a risk? Maybe I will never have any children afterwards. The only child. God, I put him in your care. And she came back home. And that was it. But you know, God rewards people who honor him. We go back to Bartha. Johnny, one note that I have. I will honor those. Let's play that again. I will honor those who honor me. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget it. Live by it. And you will see the work of God and the miracles of God. Turn the page a little bit over with me to chapter 2. Verse 18. Let's read from verse 18 and listen with me. Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy wearing a linen ephod. Was, what was he ministering? What, what, what was he a, a big guy? As a boy. I started early in his life. And his mother would make him a little robe and bring it to him from year to year when she would come up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children from this woman in place of the one she dedicated to the Lord. And they went to their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah. Who visited Hannah? The Lord. And she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters And the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. How many children he gave her instead of one? Five. Does God reward his children? Whatever you give to the Lord, he will reward you. Whatever you offer to the Lord, he will give you ten times over. And he will honor what you have done in his honor. Don't ever forget that. And you know what? And the boy was happy. He didn't cry, Mommy, I want to go with you. 
You know, she taught him for three years when she weaned him. And she took him at an early age to the temple. She told him, and he was looking for the temple. He was looking for to be there in the presence of God. And you know what? God did not let Samuel down. You know what? I, I couldn't find it in the Bible. If you find it, correct me. God, he was the youngest boy that God talked to face to face. At an age of maybe seven, five, six, eight, it doesn't say. But the Lord called him, Samuel. He went to Eli, he said, did you call me? No. Okay. Next time, Samuel, Eli, yes, what, what, what did you call me for? He said, I didn't call you. Third time, he said, son, go back and next time you hear it, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Was she rewarded? Okay. Did she lose in this? With God you can never lose, mothers. With God you are a winner. You're winning, mothers. Just surrender everything to Him. Give Him your life. Give Him your children. Give Him your husband. Give Him your home. Give Him your money. Give Him everything. Someone said, I lost everything I put in my hands. But I never lost anything I put in God's hands. Five. And you're worried about your kid? Well, he's around the corner. He's in the class. Don't worry about him. Just give him to God. That's the first reward. Second reward, we'll finish with it. She became the most blessed woman of the region. How? Samuel. He grew up. He became the man of God. That his mother wanted him to be. Right? Can't you believe people come in and visit her and said, Hannah, where is Samuel? He's preaching. Where is Samuel? He is judging. He became a judge. He became a prophet. He became a priest. He held the three offices for the whole nation of Israel. Can you believe that? He became three offices. And he traveled every year in the region. He became a circuit preacher, judge, and prophet. He was the one who could communicate with God and bring God's mind to the people. He was the one to appoint kings and to deliver the bad news for kings that they are going to abdicate. He was respected higher than a king in the whole nation. There was no prophet like him at all. He honored God and his faithfulness. He was to rebuke and faithfulness. He maintained a holy intimacy with God. To the end of his days, Samuel exercised his office according to his calling. Honor me. And his ministry did not go in vain. Under him, Israel conquered the Palestinians and lived at peace during his whole life. As a circuit judge, he was going from place to place, giving divine judgment upon moral 
and spiritual issues. He maintained in his heart and his life was an example to every person he saw him. Everywhere he went, he was respected. And can you believe Hannah what she thought? Hannah was booming, oozing, loving it. He says, Hannah, when Samuel comes back, he says, well, it might take him a month to be here. Well, put my name there. I want to see him. We have a judgment that he has to take care of. We have a problem we need him to take care of. And can you believe, Hannah? It was a day. It was the most wonderful hour I gave you to the Lord Samuel. It was the, it was the best decision I made, I made in my life. May God help each and every mother to make a decision like this. His passing as one of the great heroes of this unique nation was truly lamented. When he died, the Bible says, and the whole, all Israel lamented for Samuel. What a reward this mother got. And his faith and devotion to God that were instilled in him by his mother were the highest principles of his honored life and labors. Wouldn't you be proud to be a mother of a man like that? I bet Hannah was. And when she entered the portals of heaven, she had God said, welcome home. Well done, Hannah. Well done, Hannah. May God help us. Let's bow our heads. Our Father, at this moment we pray that you make us men and women to honor you. Help each and every mother, each and every wife to be like this woman to raise our kids by faith to be yours first then we'll educate them and raise them to live like men and women in this world protect them be with every mother encourage each and every one of them and we pray this morning this afternoon rather that you give each and every mother a happy Mother's Day. First, by honoring you. And then, by enjoying this day together with their families. We thank you for your word. And pray that we'll never forget what we heard from your word. As we get dismissed, bless us and be with us. Until we meet again. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. Have a good Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Enjoy it. And God bless you.